Ladies and gents, welcome to, back to Black and Blurred. Hi. That's Darren. I'm Brandon. Of course. Okay, I know. I messed it up. Yeah, you messed up. Shut up. Guys, we are back with another episode. Coming off of a, a fun episode with Joel, man. It was good to have him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Always refreshing. Our favorite token black guy. Um. And and it's it, like like I think something that we brought up in that episode is also good to just talk about reality. You know, have your guard down. Just yeah, talk about reality. Talk about what's real, not to tiptoe around anything. Because something that has become become um, conflated and wrongfully conflated, just like a bunch of other words and definitions that have um, been stolen from us, but is the distinction between uh what is true and like what you agree and disagree with right so like once upon a time you can uh, believe something to be true and have a discussion and you could disagree you could agree and disagree on those things today people are actually trying to convince us of what we empirically know to be true is not. Yeah. And then based on that, there's disagreement and disagreement. Um, and of course, obviously those who um, are a part of the dissent, the, the fight for truth are uh, labeled and censored as such. And then you're told none of that's happening. Yeah. Like, I mean, this, even thinking about this episode that we're doing right now is, yeah. what were we about to say? Why are certain things political? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, know. Don't, I don't get it. Well, it, it's, how do they get such a song? Why don't I hear liberals talking about Glenn Maxwell? I mean, how is yeah, that? I know. How yeah. is that partisan? Oh yeah, right, you know right, what I mean? right. Like, what, is it like taboo for for a liberal to be like, yeah, man, these pedophiles, wow, yeah, right. Like, I don't get that. Well, I, hey, look, I think because you dig deep enough, and when you look deep enough into far left ideology uh sympathy towards pedophilia is there yeah it's there i mean that's just keep it real it's there um and so you have to um either not defend or just not talk about it yeah you have to defend or not talk about it and Oh man, I, I genuinely I had it in my mind about like, hey, look, this is how we're gonna start. But it's, yeah. I'm so mentally fatigued talking about some of these things and also dealing with these things. But there was something you brought up um, about mass shootings. Did you hear about the most recent mass shooting? The most recent one was probably a few months ago. Where? Um, Texas, I believe. And what was involved? What was, what's the story behind that? Um, not sure. I didn't really look into it. it but was I, I know it wasn't national news. No. Um what was the shooting that involved the black student? Oh man, my man is out. I was in I was in Texas too, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear about that? that you was, got any details on that? Yeah, he's out on bail um for far less than Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Rittenhouse bail was set at like one point something million. Mm-hmm. This was set at seventy five thousand. Yeah, what was it you were saying earlier before we started recording about oh, was, stories on mass shootings? Yeah, I was just saying that you know, all of a the sudden, there are no mass shootings. And no one's up in arms about mass shootings. Where's the march for our lives and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the media is too is too busy pushing this agenda for everyone to be vaccinated to mm-hmm. focus on mass shootings right now. Yeah, that's the agenda. Don't I mean guns will come back? Yeah, when they're ready, guns will reappear. Um, but right now the focus is making sure you dirty unvaccinated people. Yeah, right. All that's you right. leprosy ridden people. Yeah, get this vaccine. It, it, you know, the flesh in me doesn't even want to go through this part right now but the but the jesus in me does it says like people don't understand our motivations here Mm -hmm. because there are actually people who are idolaters when it comes to politics and so they're idle they idolize either political uh representatives on the right or they even idolize right wing ideology and so then when you agree with these people or with the ideology, you're grouped into that. And obviously the, the same idolatry exists on the left, I think, mm. in a more explicit and uh, uh, prolific way. But um, And so then when we come on here and talk about these things, they think our motivation is pure fanboying right. right-wing politicians or right-wing ideology. Conservatism uh, is rooted in a worldview, mm-hmm. one. Um, and so <clears throat> I'm just very tired of you. You said it earlier, <laughs> very tired of not talking to someone else. <laughs> like you like to get to a, to actually have some resolve. Yeah, man. Like we, we, nobody wants to just like, nobody has an opinion strong enough to share it and actually have a conversation. Yeah. Except for on social media. Yeah. Right. Only on the keyboard. I'm talking about in person. I've never, you know, it's hard where you can confront certain issues bring up issues and have real discussions with mm-hmm. real answers, mm-hmm. real solutions, and then move on and go, wow, I didn't know this. Yeah. Like, no, I haven't had one of those conversations in yeah. forever. You know, something that you don't, you also don't hear people talking about um, is how there are a good amount of influential black Americans who hate the narrative surrounding black Americans, black, black Americans. Today. Yeah. That's another thing. It's like, I've seen people comment on our com on our, on our Comcast. What a dummy on you our, are. on our podcast. Um, I wouldn't say we're influential. No, 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 no. Oh. It says nothing to do with being influ- influential. Oh, okay. I probably wasn't even listening to what you just said last night. Yeah. It's disrespectful. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> utterly disrespectful. My brain is fatigued too, but people, all, I've seen people say like, man, I like your podcast. There's certain things I disagree with, but I like your podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just tell like, me, yeah, yeah. Number one, tell me what that is, and also, can we at least acknowledge that we are an example that the media isn't telling the truth about black people? Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. had multiple black yeah, people yeah. on this podcast that agree with us. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, there's other non-black people saying, mm, "Yeah, I still believe Joy Behar." Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's like what. That's it. Just, just, just a small. Yeah. It's a small sliver. I believe Joy Behar about black people. It's a, it, right. It's like my goodness. What a world. Every, every, every influential black person on the left is influential. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Even Don Lemon. Yeah. This man is a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It squashes the narrative that black people are oppressed. Yeah. Right. Homeboy who who got fake beat up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, juicy. A, yeah. He's a he's a <laughs> he's a influential. Clearly. Mm-hmm. There's so many people. That just squashed that whole narrative 
And it's so weird that we can still run around with that narrative. Like, hey, and, and that's the frustration. And I think that's the so frustration oppressed. of a lot of people. The, uh, the frustration, as we've mentioned this before on this podcast, mm-hmm. there is a frustration brewing in a lot of people because people don't like feeling like they're being held against their will and having misinformation and falsehoods forced down their throat. Mm-hmm. In every way, yeah. rhetoric after rhetoric after rhetoric, assertion after assertion after assertion, then ads for it, and then late night talk shows about it, and then your neighbor regurgitates those things. Yeah. And you just want to have a conversation and say, hey, here's some evidence and here's some facts, but then it's like you're behind the curveball because it's like, well, no, 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 you can't be right. Jimmy Fallon said this. Right. And, and, and then I'll, and then in addition to all of that, people say that my perception of what's going on, the way I just laid it out, I'm wrong. I'm, you're wrong about all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what, not uh, happening. That's what uh, uh, Joel was talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where he was saying, he was like, man, I was, I was at that rally in January 6th. Yeah. We were about two and a half miles away from the Capitol. Mm-hmm. As Donald Trump was telling us to march to the Capitol and let our voices be heard peacefully and peacefully yeah. protest. We're getting word that the capital has been broken into, basically. Yeah. Like, well, it couldn't have been us. It was about, he said it was like half a million, or he may, may have been exaggerating, but there was a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah I don't um, think so. No, he just said he may have been. Oh, 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 oh. But yeah, he said there was a lot of people there, and we were still there, as we're hearing. Like, as we walked up to the capital, people were in the capital. Yeah. Um, and so he said this whole white supremacist idea of, you know, he said, first of all, there were so many non-whites at that rally. So many uh, Latinos, blacks, a good, just a mixture of people. Mm-hmm. And then you turn on your news, and it's just not what you experienced. Yeah. What does a black man, because Joel's a black man, mm-hmm. what does he do with that? Right. He knows what he just experienced, and then he gets to turn on the TV and watch Don Lemon or anybody else say the exact opposite of what happened. Or white, something, white Christians. Yeah. To, to white just, Christians. Like a bunch of white racist people storm the Capitol mm-hmm. to destroy our democracy. Yeah. Which is also mine, a mine. Mm-hmm. We don't have a democracy. We have a republic. A republic on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, practically a democracy. Yeah. Practically a. <laughs> <laughs> let's come. Let's move on. Yeah, we got uh, So, what's frustrating is that we are constantly being lied to. We've mentioned gaslighting a lot on this podcast. And our culture is being gaslit the mess out of <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, I know. And so one, one of those things, um, when it comes to politicians and the way that they take aim at black America, uh, is that black Americans have grown frustrated with that mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. They just don't have platforms to talk about it. And if they do talk about it, then the, the white advocates of black America shame them. Shun them, mm-hmm. censor them. Not only, obviously, Black Americans will shame and shun and censor. You know, we'll kill each other as well. Like, yeah. That's just that's just a reality. Uh, um, but but as far as the platforms and the influential individuals that choose the Black voices to have platforms, yeah. if you don't fit the narrative, <clears throat> you will be treated like the word I want to call you. Right. And and so that's very frustrating. So our <clears throat> our views on these on, that we address on this podcast, um, they stem from two things. One, they stem from our faith in Lord Jesus Christ. Two, they stem from intentional discipleship and parenting done by our parents. 
and they didn't teach us how to think about politics. <clears throat> they teach us values. That's what they taught us. And so those values have been instilled in us, and we've also seen the fruit from those values and the flourishing that happens in, within those values. And those values are being ripped to shreds and being lied about while it's being ripped to shreds. So we're talking about one specific thing here because, Darren, you mentioned it. Nobody's talking about guns right now. And, and, and they're not talking about guns right now because that's not the thing that the news is telling you to be mad about. So guess what? We're going to talk about guns. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about guns and, and more specifically the fact that we are under this psychological oppression when it comes to how we should think about anything. We probably want to do a couple episodes about this psychological oppression because our TVs are, are telling us not only events and misleading us about the way the events went down, they're also telling us how we should think about them. And then that informs how we view the world and how we treat one another. Yeah. So I'll, I, let me just go through this list of some examples um, and, and how we get into the society. Uh, when it comes down to racism, which I'm not going to hammer too much because we should probably do an episode on racism right. and the psychological oppression uh, going on with how we should view racism. But just fast forward to now, you have articles out that are saying <clears throat> chess is racist mm-hmm. based on the way that we view racism. Chess is racist. There's an article written by Guy Bershaw that says, to even contemplate that it's worth seriously discussing whether or not chess is racist is patently ridiculous. As a brief history, but by anyone's best estimation, chess was invented in Northwest India. Meanwhile, chess is racist. And remember, racist inherently means white, white American. And black. <laughs> or maybe white European. Yeah, yeah. Since Americans are, can also be from Europe. Yeah. Uh, only, only when we're talking about white people. Um, so, so let me, yeah. So it's invented in Northwest India. Sometime in the 6th century. And it was known as Shataranga in Sanskrit. From there, it moved along the Silk Road, evolving as it did and picking up influences on its way, eventually becoming very popular in Persia. Indeed, it is from the old Persian phrase Shamat, meaning the king is helpless, that we get our phrase checkmate. Following the Islamic conquest of Persia in 633 A.D., its popularity propagated throughout the Muslim world, coming to Europe via Spain when large parts of that country were occupied by Moors in 1000 AD. The convention of white moving first came about in the 19th century and pretty much just evolved as a way of standardizing the rules. Race was never brought into it as the two opposing sides represented armies, therefore making their color representative of their uniforms, not their pigmentation. Why? Are there so many stupid, smart people out here? Well, there's an obvious agenda. I mean, you know, the only reason to say something like that is because you want people to be at odds with one another. Right. And for some reason, people buy it. <laughs> Let me move on. I'm not going to dwell too long on this one. This is just so stupid. Math is racist. I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. You must be living on a rock unless you haven't heard people saying math is racist. Yo, TikTok is a cesspool of uh, idiocy. Yeah. Um. I didn't get this from TikTok. I got this from a little platform called Lef, uh, Far Left Facts. Math professors at top colleges and universities, including Harvard, University of Illinois, and Brooklyn 
college have pontificated that mathematics is rooted in white supremacist patriarchy and white social construct. A professor at Brooklyn College, Laurie Rubel, said the idea of math being culturally neutral is a myth because two plus two equals four reeks of white supremacist patriarchy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I genuinely wouldn't know what to talk about with this woman. Yeah, I don't even know where, what that means. I'd be like, lady, you know what? I know that you came here to talk about the racism, inherent racism of math, but I want to tell you about a person who was born in maybe 4 B.C., <laughs> and he came to die for the fact that our brains are falling, our hearts are dark, <laughs> and this racist problem you're saying can be fixed by adjusting math, it can't. Because I genuinely would not know how to talk about that. Mm. It's incoherent. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. It's incoherent. And so here's the irony behind it. The irony behind all of these very futile things that people are saying are racist and just doesn't make any sense. Gun control actually has its origins in racism. Hmm. I'm going to read this. Um, If you have little ears, uh, be mindful. This is pretty hard to hear. I'm going to read it, though. I'm not going to do any foul language, but just content-wise, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. <clears throat> and then let's break down this conversation of the view where I think it's uh, – it's, how old is that? Pretty recent, I thought. Oh, okay. Pretty recent? Mm-hmm. Um, because this conversation on the view – like we were talking about with Joel, these narratives end up colliding with one another. Yeah, they can't stand up against truth. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, they collide with one another. So when one narrative is telling you, hey, this is how you should feel about guns, and that's been going for a very long time, Yeah, um, you have black Americans, based on where they live, it's like, well, no, my gun is for my protection, protection of my family. I don't want you going anywhere near that. Um, and then it's like, oh, oh, wait, our mascots are going against our narrative. And how do you deal with that? So let me read this story. Um, This is from The New American. And it reads, uh, a freed slave and tenant farmer, Rhoda Ann Childs of Griffin, Georgia, testified on September 25th, 1866, before the Freedmen's Borough in her state of what happened when eight armed men barged into her home one evening. This is her recollection. We were called upon one night and my husband was demanded. I said he was not there. They then asked where he was. I said he was gone to the watermelon patch. Then they seized me and took me some distance from the house where they bucked me down across the log, stripped my clothes over my head. One of the men standing astride my neck and beat my beat me across my posterior. Two men holding my legs. In this manner, I was beaten until they were tired. Then they turned me parallel with the log, laying my neck on a limb which protect which projected from the log and one man placing his foot upon my neck. It beat me again on my hip and thigh. Then I was thrown upon the ground on my back. One of the men stood upon my breast, while two others took hold of my feet and stretched my limbs as far as part as they could, while the man standing upon my breast applied the strap to my private parts until fatigued into stopping. And I was more dead than alive. Then a man, supposed to be an ex-Confederate soldier, as he was on crutches, fell upon me and ravished me. During the whipping of the one... During the whipping of the one man ran his pistol into me and he said he had a hell of a mind to pull the trigger and swore they ought to shoot me as my husband had been in the G.D. Yankee Army and swore they meant to kill every black S.O.B. 
they could they could find that had ever fought against them. They then went back to the house, seized my two daughters and beat them, demanding their father's pistol. And upon failure to get that, they entered the house and took such articles of clothing as suited their fancy and decamped. And so the article continues on after that and says, Miss Child's husband had been entitled to own a gun as a soldier in the Union Army during the war. But pre-war Georgia law had banned even free blacks from owning guns. Such laws threatened to leave millions of newly freed slaves to the ravages of savage men, some of whom worked with local police officers who worked openly in unofficial gangs and still others who worked secretly behind the white sheets of the Ku Klux Klan. The very first gun control laws in America were slave codes that banned African-Americans from owning or bearing arms. As early as 1640, the Virginia legislator passed an ordinance stating that African-American slaves, then numbering fewer than 300 in the British colony, would be exempt from mandatory militia service. So now well, I think we, we addressed the slave laws, the slave code. Oh, I forget what episode that was. Um, but it's pretty explicit on why they didn't want slaves owning guns. Right. And can you imagine the propaganda, you know? Well, we know what the propaganda is. Yeah, the Democrat Party and a wing from the Democrat Party called the Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. developed the narrative that black men were ravaging white women right. and white girls. And they called it a birth of a nation where they showed them as beasts and murderous rapists and everything else to get them afraid. And so they need this protective left wing to save the country. As they rode around valiant on their horses, hiding their faces in these white sheets. That is racism. Right. Not chess. (laughs) But the same team is the one telling us chess is racist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Misdirection all over the place. Look at those white people wearing American flags. They're racist. Yeah. Not the people who, uh, you know, are actually racist. Yeah. Who are actually making laws that can affect the country in a negative way. Right. Um, laws that ultimately, gun laws that will ultimately affect people who live in minority neighborhoods. Yeah. Neighborhoods. Minority, minority neighborhoods. Minority neighborhoods, idiot. <laughs> Those <laughs> people were the ones who affected. Um, you know, pe- people uh, in low-income communities who happen to be non-white in a mm-hmm. lot of places. They are the ones affected by gun laws that, that say... Uh, um, like in New York and California where your your guns are taxed like crazy. Mm-hmm. Ammunition is taxed like crazy. The people who need the guns the most can't get them. I'm about to unfollow Coleon. Why? I can't watch his videos, man. It makes me depressed. Well, yeah, he's free. He has so much fun. And he has the best guns. He has so much fun. He has like $20,000 pistols. Yeah. <laughs> where did you get this? I know. You know KB toy guns. Yeah. Like, but... um. So before we look at this clip and we analyze it, let's just let's rewind real quick and let's talk about guns for a second. Mm-hmm. When did we start shooting Daddy's pistol? Mm. I don't even know, really. I want to say twelve. Yeah, you may have been twelve. Yeah, maybe you ten. Initially, I was afraid. Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, I when we went, I remember us going and me not shooting. Mm. I remember watching behind the glass as y'all shot. Mm. Um, now what are some of the principles that he went through with us? I mean, principles? 
I mean, there was really one one main principle. Like what? Um, when he was talking about guns, us handling guns, yeah, it was yeah. always that's safe, what I mean. Safety was the principle. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? That's what I meant. Sorry. So yeah, protocol. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, not not having your finger on the trigger, almost ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if, when you're talking about going to a gun range. Yeah. Only time your finger should be on the trigger is when you're about to pull the trigger downrange mm-hmm. um not pointing the gun at anyone that you don't intend to shoot mm-hmm. anything you don't intend to shoot mm-hmm. um always having the gun pointed in a safe direction when you're checking for malfunctions which happened a lot with his gun when, you're, know, when you're checking when you're checking for malfunctions the gun should be pointed in a safe direction mm-hmm. um remember him talking about always being he was always very principled in awareness yeah and so he was always talking about being aware of your surroundings um even if you're pointing the gun at something you intend to shoot, what's behind that thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all, I mean, all of all of those things. All of those. And I remember them. I never had to relearn those things. You're right, right. They just became Well, happy. we weren't allowed to handle that gun without us going through those things. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. We weren't allowed to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and so I bring that up because I think that people who aren't actually knowledgeable about guns... Mm-hmm. Um, they have no idea that this country is filled with millions of I just Americans. Look. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you got a number? No, finish. You, it is filled with millions of Americans who abide by those principles. Yeah. As gun owners. Yeah. What were you going to say? Uh, kind of related to what you were saying. Um, but there are currently 331 point something million people in this country, in country. Mm-hmm. um and over 400 million guns in this country yeah in 2021 18 million guns were purchased in america yeah see and so now we can start getting to some of the lies <laughs> where's all the violence yeah I'm not talking about gang violence, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. what which most of these in numbers are in gun-controlled countries. Yeah, yeah I mean, states, you know, yeah. cities, and, and that's what the numbers those that they use for gun violence. Yeah, and to advocate for the gun legislation is gang violence. Yeah, you know, the same cities that say that they can't put people in jail, right? Uh, places like New York, who are now trying to propose um, that if a person is robbed, say this is a literal example that they gave. Mm-hmm. If you have a store and someone comes in to rob your store with a dangerous object. But you are not in real danger, then they won't prosecute them. Wow. That's what the state prosecution said in New York. Yep. You got states like that with prosecutors like that mm-hmm. and then want to ban guns? Yeah. That's a, just a walking contradiction. What do you, and then you, and the gang violence in Chicago, which they never want to address, all the BLM stuff going on. Yo, it's going to come a time when we talk about black on black crime. But right now, like, what, so what? Here, when is here, the time? Here, here's the thing. <clears throat> Like you were just talking about gang violence, you know, people bring, bring, they bring up the gun control conversation and then the people who are actually vulnerable, mm-hmm. the marginalized, you yeah. know, the pets, yeah, 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 the yeah. favorite type of people that the, the people they who love black people like, yeah. they're left stranded yeah. in those hoods. They would never advocate for gun violence. Gun, they're they're gun left stranded in those hoods. What we end up forgetting is that that story I just wrote, I mean, I just read, that's not like a fable. <laughs> right. That's that's real life. Right. This was real life people in power ravishing other human beings. Yeah. 
People say that they're so knowledgeable about our history. Meanwhile, what we're seeing today is telling us otherwise, where you are actually giving the people in power more power, giving the people who supposedly have the power, but you're taking their rights away. Mm -hmm. And then next, we'd like to disarm them Mm -hmm. so that these people who clearly have disregard for Americans can have more power over us. And they think that these things that I just read are a thing of the past. Yeah. Not maybe not specifically, but this the, what people need to understand is that I just read a story about humans. Yeah. That's not new. No. There's nothing new under the sun the scriptures teach us. Why is it that the gun conversation has been uh, we've allowed it to be manipulated so much? To where we're fighting each other. Right. How did, how does that happen? What are some of the things, like, I'm sure there have been lies. I remember you were, what's that, who was that, Maxine? That was talking about. Oh, uh, yeah, man. When she's talking about, have you ever held an AR-15? It's 50 pounds. Yeah. I, my arms were shaking. Man, you've never held an AR-15. And you're a liar. Yeah. Like, you need to be called out. Yeah. And now we also need to think about why did you just lie? Yeah. Why were you willing to lie? You know, I came to Christ because I watched a documentary that was supposed to point me away from Christianity. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I ended up uh, reading the scriptures and uh, mm, getting flustered. The only reason I ended up reading the scriptures and the gospel making sense is because I asked a question while I was watching this documentary where there were just blatant lies in this documentary. And the first thing that came to mind, I was like, wow, that's wrong. Because I knew I knew intellectual knowledge mm-hmm. biblically. Um, and I'm like, wow, what you just said is wrong. But then I just sat and pondered, like, why were you, why were you so willing to go yeah, through all you, this why work you do that? Yeah. to lie? Yeah. Why are you lying about Christianity? And that made me interested in reading the Bible. Um, and I met the God of the Bible. So, and, and so we have these politicians who are lying. Why aren't people paying attention to that? Well, maybe they don't know they're lying. Yeah, they don't know. I mean, you know, and that's why there needs to be more discussion. And that's yes. what they're trying to shut down. Yes. They're trying to shut down discussion. They want us angry at each other, so angry that the only way that we feel comfortable talking is through a computer. Yeah. We've been so angry at one another that we can't imagine having a conversation while you look me in my eyes. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that's what they want. <clears throat> They're trying to shut down that because as soon as we have those conversations, the lows lies can't hold up to the truth. Mm-hmm. They just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a, in a country where white supremacy runs rampant and gun violence runs rampant, why are 18 million guns purchased in one year? One year. Can we in, in the year in the year of the election of the president, who was the most popular president? In the country's history. In the country's history. Who does not like guns? Does not like guns. Well, who are all these people who are buying 18 million guns? Also, historically, maybe he's had a change of heart, but historically didn't like black people. No, no. That's not it, my it, opinion. At the, uh, at the uh, New York, <laughs> this is off topic, man. Come on. At the, at the uh, New York little uh, uh, voting thing, man, he mentioned, are we going to be a country that remembers names like Abraham Lincoln or George Wallace? And I'm thinking like, dog. People, he's banking on people just not knowing who he is. What? Anyone who knows any history knows that Joe Biden would have been sitting right next to George Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
Like, I mean, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. But this isn't a hate Joe Biden session. No, it's not. It's a, it's about lies. We're going to pray for him later it's on. About, so. Yeah, it's about gaslighting. It's about lies. They're lying. Yeah, they <laughs> are. They are. Um, let's let's get to this clip and then you know break it down. So yeah, this is a video of the View and Sherry. What's her name again? Sherry Shepard mm-hmm. uh, just purchased a gun, and let's see what the View panel has to say about it. topics about how more black women were becoming gun owners and you just became one of them sherry didn't you yes i did i bought a nine millimeter why gun because well i don't know why you laughing but I, uh, you know Pause during the quick. quarantine i'm I, not gonna do this too very no, often we should though but but i'm actually curious yeah. what, what what are you laughing and that's what about? she was like yeah. i don't know why y'all laughing right what's funny about this right our 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 minds and our thinking towards guns has been so twisted that gun actually is associated with something very something, evil. Something evil. And also, people are so, uh, they don't care about one another. Yeah. People don't care about people. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, the, what she's saying out of her mouth is she bought a gun. I don't think she got there yet, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, go ahead. Really helpless, Joy. And we're talking about depression. I felt like mm-hmm. Jeffrey would look at me like, you know, he was so scared. I get these little alerts in my neighborhood app about it's going to be a, a march through the neighborhood. And I started feeling like, how am I going to protect my son if something happens? And I went to, I got some of my girlfriends who are actresses, and we all went to a gun shop in California. There's only two black-owned gun shops. Uh, I think it was like a Redstone Firearms, Geneva and Jonathan. And we went, and I felt very empowered when I bought this gun. I took lessons, I took the test, I go to the range with my girlfriends like every other week, and, I, and it just makes me feel like at least if something happens, I can protect my child. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is the, um, that's it. That's, that's one half. That's, that's what, what, what? I said, that is it, but they, you know, the higher. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. That is. The low-level right. part of a gun owner That's exactly purchases right. a firearm. They recognize that the police can't protect you. No. The police aren't there to protect you, to be no. honest. It's not their job to protect you and to save you from every incident. More importantly and for her, taking, the police aren't there to protect her child. Right, right, right. And, you know, we're talking about a black woman here, right? Yeah. This person's gunned down by the police, right? Mm-hmm. The police are after her. Yeah. And so what she's doing is taking her self-protection into her own hands right she's being responsible for her own life and for the life of her family and now we can get to we get to call her names now yeah yeah yeah. we get to slander her and another one of the i think i mentioned it before the podcast another one of the you know another one of the lies that we're told is that you know black people are so oppressed california is one of the most strict states in the world i'm never visiting (laughs) In, in the country for gun laws i meant not the world in the country for gun laws, mm-hmm. one of the for guns. I'm sorry, they have the most, uh, cr- they have the craziest gun laws besides New York. Have the craziest gun in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but here she just mentioned that she went to a black owned gun store. Um, and by today's standards, that shouldn't exist, mm-hmm. right? Black mm-hmm. people don't want guns. Yeah, black people hate guns, and they don't have IDs it's for white white racist. Yeah, Americans. how you get an FFL if you don't have no ID? Yeah, ID. Yeah, you know what I mean. They don't have IDs. They don't know how to do that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, real quick, real quick, because you, you, the fact that you just used the phrase FFL, I felt like I need uh, to explain. I'm not going to explain it, but what I am going to say is this. 
For those of you who are listening right now and you don't understand guns, one thing that you'll understand from the right and those who are conservatives that you won't be forced to understand <laughs> guns. No. You, you won't be forced to like them. No. You won't be forced to own them. However, if you would like to force me to do something with mine, then I would love for you to at least become knowledgeable about it. Right. Become knowledgeable about the process that they say is so easy. Mm-hmm. Become knowledgeable about the, the guns they I'm say sure, are so easy yeah. to handle yeah. and, and so destructive. And become knowledgeable about those things because it's it's our responsibility to wield these with safety. It's your responsibility to wield your knowledge with safety mm-hmm. and respect and regard for your neighbors. Like you're, you're, people are voting and, and, and making laws to change the fabric of this country Yeah, who don't have any knowledge. Yeah. They don't have any gun experts talking about. Well, that's why it's beneficial to get more and more people who are under that hypnosis to yeah. vote. But here we go. Yeah. Tell you, I, I've had so many friends, um, my black girlfriends, also get guns, mm. uh, especially yeah. during the pandemic. And they wanted me to get a gun. And, and as a former federal prosecutor and someone who has seen, uh, been to crime scenes and has seen a lot of gun violence in my yeah. career, you know, I know the statistics and that when you do have a gun in your home, you are more likely to kill um, a, a loved one or a relative. Um, right. And the suicide. What you got? Biggest lie I've ever heard. What you got, dog? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the biggest lie I've she ever heard. She just said that on national TV. Yeah, that's the biggest lie I've ever heard. And the number that she's talking about is, which makes sense, because they're, they are, what's the scientific term? When something I don't know what you're talking is about. related, directly proportional, mm-hmm, proportionate. Mm-hmm. Um, the stat is, is when you have a gun in your home, there's more likely to be a violent shooting in your home. Yeah, right. Which means that people who don't have guns people can't who shoot. don't have guns don't shoot. Yeah. And if a robber breaks in your house and you don't show them a gun, they don't shoot. Yeah. If you have a gun in your house and someone breaks in your house, then you shoot. Yeah. That's the number. It yeah. has nothing to do with a gun sitting in your house and you go, man, I want to shoot somebody so <laughs> bad. That's terribly not funny, but that's that doesn't. That's what they're trying yeah, to say. Yo, that's exactly they're what they're trying, trying to say. say. That people who own guns yeah. now have a propensity. For violence, yeah, and that's just not that's not true, yeah. And this is yeah, whatever. And and so that's uh, that's a perfect example of things that don't get checked. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't. You know, like, like she I, doesn't have to yeah. to, 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 to uh, 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 cite this. Yeah, right, she right. Miss Prosecutor. Yeah, she doesn't have to cite that. Miss Prosecutor. She can just say it. And if you get your news from the View, then I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean, just I don't even know what to say. It. Really, like say, seriously, not yeah. even joking. Just stop doing it. Yeah, don't watch the View. Eight goes up in your own home um, when you have a gun. And I understand about the training, but I will say when I asked them, why are you getting a gun? Um, One said, I Googled Civil War and 2020. Um, One said, um, it's the propensity of certain people to initiate violence when they don't get their way. Um, and in the article, give me, give me um, something. Yo, yo. That, uh, we give me something. Yeah, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't want to go off the rails. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and, I, and I understand that, but I wish that I people would be emboldened. Yeah, I, I wish that they would stop her and be like, "Hold on, real quick." Because you're, first of all, you just said a lie about yeah. the statistic in, in guns in homes and violence towards love. Here's the before you say that. Here's okay. the thing: Sherry Shepard might not know that. That's true, but that's okay. None that's of that okay. matters. None of it matters. That doesn't change the rights of people. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. I don't care what stat you come up with, but you, but right now what we're what we're witnessing right now, guys, and we're sorry to keep pausing. Yeah, but this is I what know. we're going to do. This, yeah, is what no, this is it because this is what needs to happen to this. 
But what's happening right now is you're seeing the abracadabra. You're mm. listening to it right now. Yeah. And so this black woman in the United States who is now a gun owner in order to protect her son that she loves and would easily lay her life down for, that conversation is about to turn abracadabra mm-hmm. into you racist white people trying to kill us. <laughs> Go. Are being targeted. You hear stories like Breonna Taylor and Sandra Bland, and you have these incidents going on all across the country. You want to know you have at least a chance of survival because some people are radical. And I think we have to some remember people. that the FBI has white made people. it clear that the um, uh, white supremacy is the most persistent oh, and, and lethal threat to the country. That, and I think that is why so many black women and black people in general are now arming themselves. But I still believe oh, that in dog. this country, hold on, hold on. Um, our readiness to sort of allow arms to be purchased at will and fired at will has led um, to violence and hatred becoming a really popular past. You know, ba- let country. me just give you a, an inf- okay. piece of information. What in the world have you said? I mean, what kind of jujitsu did she just do? So what she's saying is she should not own a gun. And then she says the FBI has told us that white supremacy is ravaging this country. Yeah, ravaging this country. But you shouldn't own a gun. You shouldn't own a gun. But you need to empower like, yourself. Like my girlfriends. Right. Her girlfriends own guns. Yeah. It's, this is, no, no, just run it. It's not much to say about that. She's, that everything she said wasn't true. Okay. No, because I'm, I'm a big gun control person. Back in the 60s, mm-hmm. the NRA fought alongside the government for stricter gun regulations. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there was an effort to keep the guns out of the hands of African Americans as oh. racial tensions. Yeah. She said, hold on. We're, we're, but she just lied. No, 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 you no, give no, the no. details, but she just lied. Go ahead. But, no, this is what she's saying. She said, hold on, hold on, because I'm a big gun control person. She's a big and gun then control proce- person. And then proceeds to say, I'm racist. Yeah. She says, I'm a big gun control person because the NRA fought beside whoever to write gun control laws to keep guns out of the hands of black people. So let me translate. Let me let me translate for people, because I think that even as we're doing this, what we what's happening when we're doing this that we're not mindful of is that there are things computing in our minds that we aren't addressing explicitly. So I'm going to I'm going to do this long division uh, so people can understand what we're talking about. So. She stakes her claim first by saying, I'm a gun control person. <laughs> Goes to sleep, wakes up. New day. Right. New conversation. Now, we have to keep the narrative of all things guns being evil. The entity, the organization that represents the evil guns the most in this country is the National Rifle Association, mm-hmm. the NRA. So I need to share a tidbit or a little anecdote that shows just how evil and racist the NRA is. How do we know the NRA is evil and racist? Because they tried to put gun control mm-hmm. on these black Americans, which well, I'm not going to, I'm not, but and so what just happened is in her own kind of little spiel, her ideologies collided with themselves. Yeah. I'm a gun control advocate right. and I hate the NRA because they tried to do gun control. Yeah. Also, you shouldn't own a gun, black woman. Yeah. So yeah, right. I'm racist is what she just said. Yeah. That's why, you know, if you if you if you're a liberal or you, you vote Democrat, that's why you hear some people say that Democrats are racist. Mm-hmm. It may be knowingly or unknowingly, but those kinds of things is what makes people's antennas go up. You mean present day? Yes. Historically, Historically they, actually they are actually racist. Yeah. Yeah. They were actually racist. Um, present day, if you know that you aren't a racist individual and someone says, hey, do you support these things and these things? Well, you're kind of racist. Yeah. If you if you're if you're telling a black woman, hey, you shouldn't own a gun, and here's why, because the NRA is trying to keep 
guns away from black people. Oh, by the way, I'm for that. Yeah, I'm for that. <laughs> That's, you know. I'm for that. Man. Yeah. They okay. wouldn't even give Dr. King a gun, a concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. The same man that was killed by gun violence. I so mean, if more I, black people so, get guns, you're going to see... So, 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 are you going? No, you're going. Okay, yeah. so... I mean, I don't, you because, know because, I, but because here's the thing. <laughs> every, it's hard every, to keep up. Every second they say is a lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. So, Woo. which point is she trying to make? Yeah. Is it bad mm-hmm. that Dr. King... Wasn't allowed a concealed carry permit. Right. Something that is not needed according mm-hmm. to the Constitution. We don't yeah. need permission from our government. I'm just saying. Right. Permits and, are infringements on rights. Just and, go to the Constitution. And, That's all. Uh, in the 1960s, I'm sure. Where was he at? A- Atlanta? Yeah. Alabama? Where was his roundabouts? Tennessee? Uh, yeah. He ain't need no concealed carry and license. he had that thing. Yeah, he did. He had that Get thing. Get out of here, man. Um, so, yeah, what is your point? Are you saying that? Uh, it's bad that he wasn't allowed to have a gun. Or are you saying that it's bad that he was killed with a gun? Mm-hmm. It just shows that this inanimate object should not be the focus of conversation. Right. The, what should be the focus of conversation are the conditions in which people are using them lawlessly mm-hmm. and carefully. And when you look at the circumstances of uh, people using them lawlessly and you put a magnifying glass on that, it implodes on the narrative Given yeah. away by by leftist ideology, they've immediately dismissed it the fact implode. that she said out of her mouth. Sherry Shepard said, "I purchased a gun because I wanted to protect myself and my son." And what they're saying, and they're railing on her, is that's not good enough. Yeah, that's not good enough. We don't think you should do that, right? So therefore, therefore, get rid of it. You shouldn't because we have power over you. Yeah, and if we don't have power over you, then we'll get our other TV show buddies to reiterate this stuff uncontrolled laws watch and and i and i hear what you're saying but i'm saying as a single woman yeah the helplessness i felt mm-hmm. uh and when i looked at my son and he looked at me like mom i'm scared yeah i yeah. knew i physically i'm not able to well, combat i what, take no. self-defense what, what do you think i'm a gun yeah. owner as well you and are. you don't have to sell me on the empowerment i feel knowing how to use firearms and right. having firearms but it breaks my heart that so many people in this country feel so unsafe, that women feel unsafe from men, that black and brown people feel unsafe from the police, that Asian American people feel unsafe from discrimination, that kids feel unsafe in their cities. I mean, and as much as I love that you are now a proud gun owner and someone who's, I know, going to be real responsible. With your gun, this whole, this whole, you know what? I'm gonna pop you. I'm proud. Hold on, this this whole like condescending, pet child. I know you're gonna be good, right? So before that, before any of the of the of the condescending tone, and that's what people don't like. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't. Did you see Sherry Shepard's face? Yeah. And that, so that's that was what the, I don't. That was know? the Patty Labelle. Yeah. Remember when when she was asking Patty, and she wouldn't let it go. Yeah. But here's the problem with with everything she just said. Number one, Sherry Shepard never mentioned any of those things for her reason to purchase never. a gun. She never said she bought it because of the police, because yeah. of white supremacy, because of a man. She just threw in all these hot topics for the leftists yeah. that, the, that the politics run away with, right? Real quick, put a pin in that. Don't, don't forget it. I just want to, because she did, in her listings, I, I want to nitpick at all of this. <laughs> I, you know I mean, I, I don't want no meat left on the bone. She talked about women, men against women. Mm-hmm. She talked about black against police, mm-hmm. but then she said Asian and against discrimin- discrimination. Yeah, that's black. People. Let's be real. That's black people. It's black Americans. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going, Darren. Especially in California. Yeah. 
Keep going. Um, let's also talk about that the reason she feels unsafe. Uh, Sherry Shepard said she, she she didn't she kind of breezed past it, but she said I had this app where I look on my phone and it says where well, there's going to be a march in my area. What march is she talking about in California? Why does she feel unsafe in California yeah. in 2021? In 2020 through 2021. Wait, who said that? At the beginning, Sherry Shepard said, I bought a gun because I was feeling unsafe. I look at my son. He was scared. Mm-hmm. I have this app that shows me, hey, there's going to be a march in your neighborhood. Oh. What's she talking about? Yeah, Black Lives Matter. Is she, is she talking about uh, January 6th? Yeah. No. White supremacy? She's in California. She's mm-hmm. talking about BLM. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, where people will kill you. That's what she's talking about. No matter what. She's talking about how she felt unsafe. She she can't say that on here. No. She can't say that, but that's what she's talking about. That's a good catch. And meanwhile, they in this now from that point on, they want to take that as far away as possible. Yeah, man. That's why they're talking about men oppressing women and, and black people being uh, attacked by the police. <coughs> that's not why she yeah. bought a gun. So let me give a practical ex- uh, uh, so like, so like, You guys, go on a journey with me. Envision that they invite Brandon and Darren on the view. We don't get to talk. They overtalk us and they go. They to will overtalk us, and <laughs> if we're doing what we're doing now, trying to trying to actually isolate every thought that comes out their mouth, what do they call it? Mansplaining. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be charged with overtalking them. Mm-hmm. We'll be charged with being rude and mean because the truth doesn't matter. No, I would troll so hard. We we are would be on there caring about the truth, but to a lot of people, the truth doesn't matter no. now. I care about the truth so much that if it's true that, hey, don't go outside because there's groups of white people rounding up black people and stuff like that, then I make proper necessary actions mm-hmm. to prepare for that. <laughs> but guess what? It's not true. No, it's not true. It's not true. But uh, go ahead. How much more does we got? It's a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Sherry Shepard's about to let me back it up a little bit. Um, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Because we did touch on it. But you said I think you were supposed to say something about it. You what? said before you get to the condescending and the the uh, pandering, the condescend condescending tone. I don't know if people picked up on that while she was talking. You really, yeah. You know, she's telling her, you know, like as a fellow gun owner, I know you're gonna be safe, and I mm-hmm. know you're gonna be responsible. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be responsible. And I know you're gonna be safe with your gun. Yeah, don't know? talk to me like and that. And I'm glad you got one, but it just breaks my heart that you even need it. Like, yeah. Well, that's life. That's life. That's life. There has never been a time after the fall where human beings didn't need to defend themselves. Right. Right. There's never been a time. Right. And, and I'm so sorry to tell you, but getting rid of all guns doesn't doesn't, doesn't end that. Doesn't doesn't go away. It doesn't end. That. Makes you more vulnerable. Like you're sorry. You're being sorry is doing nothing for people in impoverished neighborhoods all throughout the world right now. Right. Right. Go to Brazil where they're lawless. Mm hmm. Every time I'm seeing some video, some dude riding up on a moped. With a machete. Yeah. Machete. Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> but yeah, man. Sorry, go ahead. With a machete, man. Which is I love that you are now a proud gun owner and someone who's, I know, going to be real responsible with I don't your care gun. What you love. It breaks my heart that we are so yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm proud. I'm just, I'm just, that's the only thing I feel like I'm doing. We have yeah, to go. Right. Stop, yeah. stop we have doing to go. that. I, I feel we have if to I go. got a gun, this I'd is... shoot myself. Yeah, she's probably right. Mm-hmm. She's probably not joking, and and, and, and guess what, Joy? Yeah, I'm sorry that you have no dexterity. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. That's I, fine. I prefer you not own a gun. I, yeah, seriously. If you prefer you not own a gun you know, because you're dangerous with it, I believe you. We are not one of those people that say everyone should get a gun. But here's where the narrative falls on its face over and over and over again. 
you have a woman, a whole a all women's panel um, during a time where we're supposed to be advocating for women's empowerment, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. women's independence mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And here's a woman mm-hmm. trying to be responsible for herself and her family. Mm-hmm. And you're and we're telling it. No, no. Stay in your place, little black girl. Yeah. Like we're saying, you better stay in your let's, place. Let's shut it down. Um, and, and nobody's forcing anybody to buy a gun. No one. Um, you know, when someone finds um, a solution for their own situation, somehow it's everyone's problem. Yeah. Just like now, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why they keep throwing that word democracy at us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. everybody's majority rule. If, that's so everyone says that we shouldn't have a gun, then you shouldn't have one. Yeah. It's just not how it works. It's not how it works. Where are we at with time? How are we doing? We're over. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is how we're going to end here, guys. Decompress <laughs> with us. And for some of you, this last part is probably going to be challenging, but it's what we're called as believers, as followers of Christ. Because the reason why we're, we can talk about these things so freely, they're frustrating. Mm-hmm. We get angry over it. But there's a sobering time where we realize this is not our home. Yeah. Guns are not my savior. No. Rights aren't my savior. Politics aren't my savior. Politicians making the right decisions so that I can live as a free citizen in Maryland aren't my savior. Right. My savior has come. He bled and died that we would be seen as sons, righteous and redeemed, cleansed perfectly Mm -hmm. so that when he comes again and we are judged, we will not be seen as the flawed criminal sinners that we are, but we'll be seen as sons. Yeah. And now that we are sons, our our mind ultimately isn't in this world. We can talk about these things in the world, but our mind and for every Christian, our mind needs to be placed in the heavens where Christ is seated, as Paul says in Colossians. Our minds need to be there. And so if your mind is there, even when you have people in places of authority and places of power, our response doesn't need to be hatred and anger and a violent anger that wants to do nothing with them. Mm-hmm. We can actually pray for them. Yeah. I'm going to read this passage real quick. And then if you are a believer um, listening to this, I want you to pray with us. Confess to the Lord any opportunities that you have had to pray for individuals that you don't like or that you disagree with and that you didn't take. You didn't take those opportunities. Confess those things. Repent to that so that we can be a kingdom of priests. We are people committing violence against the darkness, the church, the pillar of truth. And so let's live that way. This comes out of 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So pray with us. I'm going to pray for our president, our vice president. I'm going to pray for these individuals we just listen and talk and now you have some people in mind as well to be praying for god thank you one that with all the things that we see crumbling before our eyes lord your word stands true god the fact that we have salvation and the seal of the holy spirit guarantee of our inheritance remains unscathed untouched lord so with that when we see things in this world moving away father we stand firm the readiness and our feet knowing that the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't change. 
And we thank you for that, Lord. And so we lift up those that you have appointed as our representatives and our leaders in this country. We lift up Joe Biden to you. Father, I have no idea what it means to be a politician. I have no idea the pressure that comes under that. But as a human being, I do know the temptations and the motivations that come into the heart. I do know that our heart above all things is deceitful. Lord, I pray that he would know you. I pray that you would rescue him, his family, that you would give him eyes to see. God, would you do the same for Kamala Harris, our vice president, that they would be leaders who radically turn to you, Father. We even hear that prayer, praying for these celebrities as if they're just make-believe individuals. But God, you are the one who desires them to call you Father. And so would your children also desire the same. Lord, we lift up these women here on The View who see the world in such a way that just seems like it's so hopeless. And the solutions are so hopeless. And so we pray for their minds and their hearts. God, we pray for their protection. We pray that Sherry would come to know you and that she would know you as the ultimate protector. That anxiety and worry wouldn't be something that plagues her life, even with a desire to protect her child, that she could do so knowing that in the event that something happens, she rests securely in your arms, never to be removed. I pray that for all the women there on The View. I pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray that they would not be led away from the schemes of the enemy and the lies and deceitfulness and human cunning. Father, would those who are listening right now be protected from the waves that are being tossed to and fro and the hearts that are being tossed with it and all the human cunning that is just entering our ears and our minds and our hearts through our TVs and our phones. Guard us, Lord, and would your church rise and be firm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for hearing us out. Tune in for next week. I think we're going to do the same thing for racism. <laughs> we got to, you know, yeah. because we, we are priests here. Our lives are being offered as sac- living sacrifices. Yeah. So we're going to stand firm in these things. We're going to stand firm in these things. So join us next week uh, or maybe a week after. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And Black and Blurred, where you're guaranteed to hear one of two things. Our humble opinion. Or the facts. Holler.